Welcome to another Matrix Care podcast from the software leaders for out-of-hospital and long-term care providers. Matrix Care is dedicated to sharing knowledge and building awareness among providers across the spectrum, from home care to skilled nursing to senior living and life plan communities. My name is Rob Price. I'm a senior product manager here at Matrix Care, and I am honored to be the host for today's session. Today's topic, COVID-19 care and culture. And we'll be listening in on a conversation between two experts, Naveen Gupta, Vice President of Home Care Solutions for Matrix Care, and his special guest, Darcy Peacock, Chief Executive Officer at Solus Home Healthcare in Denver, Colorado. Naveen, the microphone is yours. Thank you, Rob. Um, You know, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. We are indeed in unprecedented times, um, even as we're going to talk about care and culture. Uh, Employees from Amazon, Instacart, and Whole Foods just today are on strike for what they believe is poor culture in terms of the organizational response to COVID-19. While there are other organizations that have taken um, steps to help employees, help them fiscally during this time. And so there is no better time in a crisis to really talk about culture. Organizations are indeed being tested in terms of how they are treating people, their partners, clients, and other stakeholders. Um, The economy has definitely taken a big hit. We're facing the biggest health crisis of our generation. In the midst of all of this, we have an organization out of Colorado, leaders in pediatric home health, living out their culture and essentially adapting to the new normal and extending critical care. Darcy, I am so honored to have you on our podcast. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Naveen. It's, it's my absolute pres- pleasure to be here with you today. So Darcy, I, I did read up about your background and we've met a few times. Um, you know, I do know your background, but you know, at oftentimes at Matrix Care, we, we refer to it as the origin story. And this really came from Steve Pacheco, our CEO, and um, would love to just hear, um, you know, share with, with our audience a little bit about your background and your journey to becoming the CEO of Solace. Sure. Um, so my undergraduate degree was actually in social work. Um, and I was fortunate to spend a brief time um, at the Denver Department of Human Services in child protection. Okay. I absolutely adored everything um, about that job. Uh, I still think about the the kids that I worked with often, Um, but it certainly uh, weighed on me um, a lot, and the burnout rate is uh, very high. So I sort of knew quickly that um, while I loved it, it wasn't a long-term career for me. So I went back to school, and I got my master's in occupational therapy, and my first job um, out of school was in pediatric home health about 14 years ago. Um, so I've spent um, quite, quite a long time in this field um, in my career. So my first few years were um, out in the field, treating inpatients' homes in the community. Um, and then I just started moving into more management-type roles. Um, I, I was fortunate to join Solace at a time when it was really just starting to take off. Um, so I had the opportunity to do every single role in the company. Um, I have myself been the full HR department. Um, I, was, I was part of intake. Um, I've posted payments. 
uh, you name it, I've done it. And um, I think that was the best thing that could have really happened for my career. Um, I know this company inside and out, and I really know the pediatric side of home health care inside and out. So um, I've been really fortunate during this time to work really closely with our owner. Um, his name's Mike Billinghurst, and he's also an OT. Okay. And I just learned a tremendous amount from him. Um, you know, I've had bosses in my life that I use as an example of what I don't want to be. Um, and then I've had people like Mike who've given me uh, a lot to aspire to. So um, I took over as CEO from Mike in May of 2018, so almost two years ago now. Wow, Darcy, um, that's great. You know, I know um, in chatting with you even now and, and in the past, you know, your passion for what you do. Um, I loved what you just mentioned about, you know, sort of, you know, embracing the grind during those early years, doing everything, as you just mentioned, so that it, it helps shape you. And also, I think it, it helps you appreciate your people and you understand their job a little bit better. Um, I love the other aspect that you mentioned about having a good mentor, a good leader, uh, I remember writing a post a few years ago on LinkedIn where sort of chronologically I, you know, sort of uh, thanked um, the various leaders in my life that have been so influential. And uh, and I'm sure, Darcy, just as Mike has been to you, there are many in your organization as well that look, look up to you and, you know, probably giving examples of how you've been an influence to them. So thank you for sharing that. I think, uh, you know, that's definitely, definitely helpful. Um, so when we did schedule this podcast, and it was about a month, a month and a half ago, you know, COVID-19 was not in the news. Um, and now, you know, it feels like the world has suddenly changed. Um, how has this impacted Solace? Um, I just wanted to, you know, get, a, get an understanding a little bit of how are you coping? Yeah, um, it, it's hard to believe how quickly I think uh, COVID really turned our lives upside down in all ways. Um, you know, about, um, let's see, on March 13th, we made um, the difficult decision at the time, although now I think it seems like it was an easy decision to move to 100% um, remote work. So um, in pediatrics, we were fortunate that we had the ability to move um, quickly to telemedicine. Yes. So we, we sent our um, office team um, equipped home to work remotely, um, and we, we moved all of our, um, our uh, therapy visits, we do mostly occupational, physical, and speech therapy, um, to 100% telemedicine. And, um, you know, about two weeks prior to that date, we really started to feel like um, this could become uh, the new reality. And so we started gearing up for that as a leadership team. Um, and I'm, I'm very thankful for those two weeks. I think it put us in a really good position um, to be able to support our team when we made this switch. So, you know, flipping to 100% remote basically overnight um, was no easy feat, but um, we just have the most incredible team um, and everybody just embraced it. You know, um, I think they trusted that we were making the best decision for our employees, for our families. Um, you know, we felt like we had the ability to be a part of the solution and flatten that curve. And so we felt the only responsible thing to do would be to take action um, and do that. So 
the team really embraced it. Um, the collaboration, the positivity, it's just been phenomenal. And um, I'm, I'm thrilled to report that our first week of full telemedicine switch, um, we only saw about a 14% drop in our visits. And then last week, um, we ended our second full week and we were actually right at the exact same volume of visits we were doing prior to COVID. Um, wow. And that is just, it's, it's truly been a team effort um, all the way through the organization of everybody jumping in to support each other and to support our families during this time. So, um, you know, we've, we've been really happy with that. And I have to say another, you know, piece of the puzzle here has just been our partnerships. Um, you know, for example, Matrix Care and Brighttree is releasing um, a COVID-19 specific assessment tool. And so that just puts things in our clinicians' hands when they're talking with families to make sure that they're, you know, really supporting them holistically. Um, they've got the tools right at their hands to help um, guide them through that. So um, another thing in healthcare, while it's been great to see movement on the regulatory side to sort of um, ease some of these burdens so that we can better support patients um, and our clinicians during this time, um, you know, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> There's been yeah. uh, emails and posts and links and trying to just keep up on all of that. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely part of our responsibility, but it's been great to see the way um, Matrix Care and Brighttree has really stepped in to support us in that, just in terms of you know, also posting articles to make sure we didn't miss them or um, offering, you know, um, different webinars and different ways to make sure everybody's seeing the, the changes, understanding what they mean for their business. And so, um, you know, Solace has done a tremendous job, but we definitely have been leaning on our partnerships during this time. Yeah, Darcy, you know, I think well said, you know, I think, you know, you've got a large number of clinicians, you know, I remember reading about almost 300 and 100% um, virtual, that, that is pretty amazing. And also just, you know, sort of foresight, good planning, good leadership to be able to continue to extend care into the community for those that really need it. Uh, that's been really, really, you know, just encouraging to see that. The, the other aspect that you did not mention, and I'm going to mention that is, just again, you know, Solace's commitment to the community that when you realized that you were going to go remote, you took all your PPE supplies and you, you, you know, really essentially donated it to the local hospitals, et cetera. So thank you, um, you know, everyone doing their bit. And I think that that does definitely speak about the culture of your organization. Yeah. And, and again, to your point about, you know, Matrix Care Brightree and certainly other technology companies um, really wanting to serve and help our providers during this time. Um, certainly we've had webinars, we've had folks, you know, our regulatory folks, our product people, all just working very, very actively on trying to see what, you know, our entire focus right now is on how do we help our providers, uh, you know, essentially be able to navigate through. So uh, you probably saw the CMS waivers that were released yesterday, you know, so for home health, you know, the homebound requirements that were there, whether, um, you know, the nurse practitioners and PAs can now certify home health. RCD, I know it doesn't impact Colorado, uh, you know, being paused in Florida. And so there were, there were several other things that CMS has done 
from a product perspective, um, th there have been things that we've done around, you know, people have said, hey, we do not, don't want, those that are not doing remote delivery quite yet, um, they want to turn off patient signatures, for example, or uh, you talked about screening tools, or how do we do device cleaning, or safety of personnel, or alert notification when a caregiver is vis visiting someone that may be at risk. So there's been a, a good partnership, um, you know, between providers and us, um, and I would say even the, the uh, you know, regulatory bodies to be able to help this. So uh, thank you for, for just sharing, you know, how you've been responding and how your organization has been responding. But really, you know, responses to, you know, these critical things speak a lot about culture. And um, oftentimes, I know there's numerous definitions to it, but culture is the strategy of how you work, right? So there is the what you do and the how you do as well. And oftentimes culture can be very vague and it's an amorphous term. Um, and if you think about it, it's almost kind of, kind of social unconsciousness. It's, it becomes the DNA within an organization in terms of values and beliefs and customs and practices that men and women within the organization live out. So my question to you, Darcy, is, you know, as culture and values get tested, um, and what we truly believe get reflected in the actions we take. How do, how do you see your culture in action being demonstrated in this moment, um, you know, with your organization, with this crisis? Yeah, um, I, I think culture is, is really top of mind for solace at all times. Um, and, you know, I think that really stems from the fact that the majority of our leadership team um, have been clinicians treating in pediatric home health. So um, it's easy to keep the focus on really supporting our clinicians um, so that they can best support our families. So, yes. you know, um, our mission is to help children and families live their best lives. And that really means that we're here to support our families holistically, which is not just through the therapy services we provide. Um, and, and that really has never been more true than right now. So hmm. as a leadership team, when we started, um, you know, gearing up for this possibility, um, we just, you know, put a stake in the ground and we're determined to not let any of our kids who depend on free and reduced lunch programs um, to go hungry. So we decided to um, rally the team, which um, I tell you what, the, the team couldn't have been more on board. Um, we've had, we've delivered food to over 100 families, um, putting food on their doorsteps and that's taken a whole team effort. You know, um, Solace has stepped up and, and purchased that food, but we've had team members um, going out, getting the food, delivering it to, to their family. So, you know, I think that's just one example of us living out um, our mission statement in this, oh. this time of crisis. Um, and, and the other is just, um, you know, we're just not an organization that's going to be stopped, frankly. Um, we, we know there are going to always be barriers, but we're, as a team, you know, willing to figure out a way around them or through them. And, um, you know, our IT team has stepped up tremendously. Um, they're a phenomenal team, but even during this time, they've gathered iPads, um, gotten them all set up, overnighted them to families who didn't have access to um, you know, a way to do 
uh, telehealth with our clinicians so that those families wouldn't go without services. So I think it's just, um, you know, it speaks to the heart of Solace and uh, it's really the positivity and the collaboration among the team and really just everyone um, focused on that mission statement, even though it, it sort of means something different to us right now than it does, you know, under the normal course of business. Yes. Um, our, we, we found, you know, once you, when you turn a company on its head um, overnight, you, there's sort of um, challenges that you weren't anticipating. You know, for example, um, we have a, a large number of families that we serve who are um, primarily Spanish speaking. And yes. there's all of a sudden a shortage of interpreters who could do this remote support. Um, but we have some phenomenal um, administrative staff who are bilingual and they stepped up and started um, joining the sessions and translating for our clinicians and um, they're phenomenal at it. And to be honest, a few of them have said, gosh, I don't know if I'm going to want to go back to my regular job after this. I love interpreting for these families, which is so cool. Um, but for them to be able to do that, you know, there's been a lot of shifting behind the scenes of the other administrative um, staff to cover their tasks. So it's just been this this huge group effort, and um, it's just like a palpable sense of collaboration and teamwork and positivity, and uh, I just couldn't be more proud of the team right now. Yeah, wow, Darcy, you know, just hearing about your mission statement being your North Star, and, you know, thinking through helping children, helping the families, and at the same time, being able to care for the community, just your example of, of kids that um, might be challenged with, uh, with food and really being able to serve them in that, in that capacity. And then just seeing the emphasis on team and your folks in your organization stepping in uh, to help in this, in, in this case with interpretation. Um, wow, it, it is great, great examples of how sort of the DNA, the fabric of an organization gets tested and how people rise to that occasion. So uh, really um, not just impressed, but I would say inspired by, by what you just shared, Darcy. Remember our conversation um, in Seattle, it was in NAC last year. Um, you started sharing a little bit about the, your Disney leadership experience and how that had profoundly impacted you and, um, you know, and as we were talking about culture and people, and you started just saying that that, that, that was really something that you, you grabbed a hold of, uh, share with us a little bit of, you know, what were some of those elements, um, you know, that you embraced and then you brought that to Solace and, and in your leadership, you're beginning to sort of just allow that to flow within, within the organization. Yeah, um, I, I am really passionate about the Disney trainings I've taken. Um, I love all things Disney, but I have to say um, I, I have been um, really blessed to be able to take two of their courses. Um, I've taken the Disney approach to customer experience and then also the Disney leadership course. And both were just excellent, but I think the the approach to customer experience really – um, shaped uh, the way I lead and really I think my career globally speaking. Um, right. And, and just to sort of tease um, what I've learned there and sort of how I have incorporated that back at, at Solace is, um, you know, in that training you really learn how to look at 
how your customers experience you in really fine detail. So um, you learn how to engage your team to not just enhance that experience, but really to differentiate how they experience you. And so, you know, for example, they teach you to do what they call customer experience mapping. So you take an experience and you map out each and every interaction the customer has with you. And then you, you, you put a dot, you sort of rate it with a dot on that experience. Like a red dot is it was a terrible experience. It's one of those ones that is seared into your brain and you never ever want to um, use that brand again or visit that store again. Um, a yellow dot is it didn't really leave an impression. It was just sort of what you would expect um, right. interaction. And then a green dot is it really exceeded your expectations and it differentiated that brand for you. So um, it's it's not though just the simple like let's let's look at our interview process. Um, how's it going? Oh, it's going well. I think it's a green dot. It's really digging deep, and so it's it's sort of looking at okay, um, for our candidate, um, did they did they know how to get to our building? Was there easy access to parking? Um, what's the feel in the lobby when they walked into our space? Does someone greet them? Did we offer them water? Um, did we make them wait for a long time? It's it's digging into every single piece of that experience and then sort of rating it. Um, and so obviously to rate it, you've got to have that flow of communication back and forth. You've got to know from your team or from your customer what it's like. Um, so I've, you know, I, I like to get on the other side of things. Um, I'll call our intake team and I'll pretend to be a family and ask for services. And I'll feel, what does that feel like? Is it bumpy? Did I have to talk to too many people? Did I understand what was going to happen? Um, and, you know, really engaging our physician partners. So we really look at the fact that we have sort of three customer bases. We have our employees, our referral partners, and the families that we get to serve. So um, it's actually really, really fun because you're always looking for a different way to differentiate yourself and to get really creative. Um, so you, you do all this mapping and you do it sort of, a million times for the million different interactions that you have with your customers. Um, but then, then you start to look at it from a, you want to provide consistent service. Um, so we all know those really great brands, Disney, for example. If you go to a Disney theme park in Orlando, you know what you're going to expect there, and you expect the same sort of service if you, you go to Disneyland in California. So that's really where it comes down to building um, what we call our pillars, but really it's the standards by which we operate and how we um, are going to achieve our mission, like you mentioned. So um, it's, it's all of that, and I'm, I am super passionate about it. That doesn't even do it justice. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't speak highly enough of that, that particular Disney training. It's really phenomenal, and it's, it's really made a huge impact on Solace. Thank you, Darcy, for sharing that. I can feel, you know, tangibly your passion for it. And uh, hopefully I'll have an opportunity or maybe some people within our organization will have an opportunity to learn from that. Even just in this little few minutes that you shared, um, just that depth of customer experience. Um, and um, 
just curious to know <laughs> when you uh, you know call into intake, you know, do you have to change your voice so they don't they don't realize it's Darcy calling? Um, but you know, it's 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 amazing just to just to hear the the level of detail that you're beginning to uh, you know re- re- not beginning to but really paying attention to as you said with your referral partners and families and employees. Um, that is that is really encouraging and motivational. Sorry, Darcy, were you going to say something? Oh no, I've I've um I've definitely confused my intake intake team a few times. I made my husband one time pretend to be a physician. <laughs> and so anyway, they, they always laugh when they do when I finally tell them it was me. But um we've made some good changes, I think, for our families just by, you know, getting a new fresh lens and looking at it from the other side. So that that, that just sparks an idea in my head. You know, maybe we should Try to do that within our organization and role play as a prospect, calling in to get some information about our, our solutions and, and see what that experience is like. But uh, that is great. That is great, Darcy. Thank you. And, and you know, culture often, oftentimes, you know, it's the soft thing that we talk about. Um, yet, you know, people don't naturally connect the dots with business outcomes. Um, and to your point about looking to differentiate, in, in our conversations, you do believe that culture can act as a core differentiator in business. And putting a culture-first approach to Solace, you have seen results. And I'd love to just hear the results you've seen and just tying it back to culture that you believe that it's not just what you've been doing, but how you've been doing has had a material impact in the growth of Solace. Yeah, um... You know, it is it is something that um, can be a little bit tricky to really nail down um, the actual impact it has. But, you know, I think first and foremost, it's um, just our clinicians, um, our employees, our administrative staff. It's really their job satisfaction, which, you know, um, I know is something that all organizations really measure. Um, we just absolutely take that to heart. I mean, we spend so much time in our lives working that um, we want our team to be engaged and to be happy because then we're providing the best service to our families. And um, I- I've been fortunate to be on all sides of, of um, home health care. I've, I've had two of my kids go through getting services. Um, and so, you know, I've been out in the field treating and, and now I'm, I'm in the seat that I'm in now. And so, I think just knowing what a difference it makes when you're um, you're going to work in a good place and you feel like you're supported. So, yes. you know, last year um, we, we do an annual employee satisfaction survey, um, and it's one that, that we take very seriously. So when we get the results of that survey, we as a leadership team categorize it, recategorize it, flip it upside down, read it inside out, and we're really digging into it because that's what guides our work for the next year, for the next two years, depending on how long it takes us to solve the issues that we're finding um, in that in that survey. But last year, um, we had a 98.6% employee satisfaction rate, um, which is amazing. But I'm very competitive, and I want it to be 100%. So <laughs> It's, there's still work to be done, and there will always be work to be done because we can just always be getting better. Um, and so that's a big one. But the other is, you know, um, we have the most phenomenal um, patient um, reviews that get posted mostly on Google, and they come in 
regularly. Um, and they're just, they're just the most heartwarming. And I think it just, we share those a lot with our team um, because it's, it's the reason we all come in. You know, if you're um, inpatient access, it may seem like you're just calling insurances and this is, you know, I'm just pushing paper and I'm just pushing buttons. Um, but really the work that our team does through and through plays such a huge part in our ability to continue serving our families, to continue serving our community. So we make sure that everybody hears and sees and feels that and knows how their role impacts our greater mission. Um, yes. And so I, I think, you know, um, it, it's, it's a huge piece of who we are. And I do think it's, it's um, the biggest part of our success. You know, we've, We've grown, um, I think two years ago, we grew by 60%. Last year, we grew by 40%. We're on track this year, even with COVID, to grow another 40%. And um, I, I really attribute culture to being the main driver of that growth. Well, Darcy, you know, I think that is, again, just inspirational for a leader to be having such a great emphasis on culture, on people, and, um, and directly being tied to business outcomes that it can be a, a, a business differentiator in the marketplace, growing by the, the high double digits that you've been growing by. Uh, and not only just that, you know, just the referrals that you get because satisfied families are then talking to their networks or to their um, community about how you've served them, how your organization, how your team has served them. And... Um, and just seeing seeing that happen, also just the reviews on Google or or where people are you know have opportunities to give feedback. Ninety eight percent on an employee survey is just unheard of, just unheard of. So just to hear that, um, there's a number of things that you're doing right, Darcy. And you know, I'm, my my hope is that the listeners of this podcast will uh, will have a chance to sort of just introspect a little bit about um, how can we drive a culture, a people first culture. Uh, within organizations, and that has direct relation to how we how we serve, how we extend care, and how we are able to um, just we essentially be able to take care of of people's needs there and drive business outcomes at the same time. My final question for you, Darcy. I know you're you, you're a huge supporter of Matrix Get Bright Tree. You've you've championed us. You've um, I just love to understand your point of view with regards to. The partner relationships, uh, your technology partner, you know, the role that we played for you. How has that been? And, um, you know, anything that you want to share about your experience? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I am a huge supporter. I'm a big fan of Matrix Care Bright Tree. Um, we have been customers since 2014. And, you know, there's there's really a lot of reasons why it's been such a great partnership for us. Um, you know, a, a really simple example, um, last year, well, uh, let me back up. I think it's, it's just this constant um, innovation that we feel and the energy that we feel behind Matrix Care and Breakthrough. So um, that example is, you know, last year, um, the, the system rolled out this EFAC solution that really generates plans of care and verbal orders, all those documents that we have to get signed with a barcode. So um, yeah. prior to that solution, you know, we had full-time, really intelligent, wonderful team members that were spending their days downloading the documents for our 3,500 patients, <laughs> uploading them into a fax solution, faxing them out, and then they would come back and they'd download and then upload into the patient's chart. And um, with this barcode, um, 
it just expedited everything. So it's reading whose chart that belongs to. And once someone reviews it, you click mark signed, the claim drops, we're able to bill faster. We, um, we grew that tremendous amount last year and we didn't have to increase our administrative staff and our health information management department. And it really was because of this barcoding on our documents. And so it's, it's, it's little things like that um, that are actually huge. And that was just one of the, I'm going to say probably hundreds of innovations that came out on the platform last year um, that really impacted our business. But I think it's just, um, you know, we have this really strong relationship with Matrix Care Breakthrough. There's um, wonderful people that I've met on your team, Naveen, and it was so yes. to be able to spend time with a lot of them in Seattle. And, um, you know, I've, as I talk with them and I share, you know, what are our goals and our desires, and um, we get to participate in a lot of the betas so we can give that feedback about what we're looking for. Um, and it's just driven our innovation um, as an organization alongside Matrix Care Breakthrough. So, you know, another one is um, we've been working a lot on the interoperability and um, hopefully someday eliminating this fax craziness that we have going on. Um, and it's one where we found that with a number of our referral partners, this is the first time they're hearing about that capability and they may or may not have the means to support it on their end. But I'll tell you what, I'd much rather be the one knocking on their door, introducing new ways to collaborate and yes. then be standing at the back of the line and trying to always play catch up. So I do feel like, um, Matrix Care Brighttree has just continually put us in the position to be knocking on the door and innovating um, in ways that we just couldn't do on our own. So it's been a wonderful partnership. Great, Darcy. I, I love the word partnership here. I think, you know, we couldn't be successful without folks like yourself, organizations like yourself that lean in, that challenges, that, that educate us. Um, you know, talk to us about requirements, what you, what you really need. I, I've heard the, the cool story about when you implemented Commonwealth and, you know, the ability to exchange information. And we just had in a previous uh, episode of, of, of the podcast, we had Paul, um, the executive director at Commonwealth, and just sharing the strategy and, and the benefits of how it's beginning to serve uh, the providers and ultimately really provide better care. Um, so thank you. Thank you for being just an incredible partner. And uh, we really look forward to continuing to work with you, Darcy. And uh, thank you again for making time with us here today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you, Naveen. Okay. Back to you, Rob. Thank you, Darcy and Naveen, for an outstanding conversation on the topic. This concludes today's episode of the Matrix Care podcast. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit us at matrixcare.com for more information on our products and services. We would love to hear from you. And give us feedback on iTunes. Let us know everything from how to improve the podcast to future topics that you would like to hear discussed. On behalf of Matrix Care and today's guest, thanks for listening, and we hope to have you back for another episode of the Matrix Care podcast. <laughs>